0: All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Another episode of the Dream Take, presented by the Dream Shake. It's coming away, but before we get into the episode, I want to once again talk about TDS night at the Toyota Center on February 10th. We're now in February; it's happening this month at the Toyota Center. You're going to want to get your tickets. For more information, head to our website, thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com for more information. But now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk Rockets Warriors. Rockets fall 122-108 tonight. And, you know, a lot to take away from this game. Obviously not the results you want, but Michael Brown, my dear co-pilot, not the worst loss we've seen this season.
1: No, it wasn't the worst loss. Uh, always good to be on with you, my man. Um, this is an exciting game. And then Steph Curry, Steph curry us. Uh yeah, Steph Curry, 40 points
0: tonight, nine assists, seven threes made. Definitely stuff that the MVP of the league would do. Got some MVP chance in, in Toyota Center. And honestly, on a night like tonight, he deserved
1: it. He definitely did, man. I, he, he's he got that killer mentality that so few guys in today's game have. You know, Giannis has it. He has it. LeBron has it. And props to – and you and I have, have done enough shows together. By the way, congr- uh, Mazel Tov, our next show will be 250 episodes. That's insane. Uh, yeah, that is – that's unreal. Um, You and I have done enough of these shows. I hate the Warriors. I, I hate everything about the franchise. I hate Kerr. I hate Curry. I hate Thompson. I hate Draymond Green. Uh, But I give credit where credit is due. And what they do with Steph Curry in the fourth quarter by literally doing everything possible to put him in the best possible position to succeed is the exact opposite of what the Rockets do with their best players. And it's going to take them a while to get there because Curry and Kerr have been together for so long that they know each other so well. But if you watch the way that they set him up to get open shots, I can count on my hand how many games this year, not even plays, games. The Rockets have done that for Jalen Green this season. And the Rockets lost this game because Silas put Wood back in the game with 730 left and it torpedoed their chances of winning this game. The Rockets lost this game not because of Jalen Green, but because of coaching is why they lost tonight.
0: I mean, I can I can pick up a little bit of what you're putting down there. I think that, you know, Steph Curry, I, I don't want to necessarily like debunk any of what he's done over his career, but since he's gotten to Golden State, or since Steve Kerr got to Golden State, he went from a good player to a great player, an otherworldly player. And I mm-hmm. think that part of what, Part of what coaching does in the NBA is it, it changes it, it changes good players into great players. It changes those great players into superstars. And maybe that's what it is. Steph Curry was a great player before he got to Steve Kerr, or Steve Kerr got to him, and now he's a superstar because of the position that he puts in. in. And sure. same with Clay Thompson. Like, I don't necessarily think that Clay Thompson would have as successful of a career as he's had if he didn't have Steph next to him. So. I do think a lot of the Warriors' success is based on the system that they're in, and I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing, and and I hope that doesn't uh, knock their achievements or anything like that, but the system that they have gotten in has worked. It's won them three championships. So, you know, that I think was what we saw tonight. I think what we saw is experience one out tonight, the Warriors also made some tough shots. I think if the game had been a little bit closer, we might have just said, you know what? Warriors made a couple extra shots, and that's why they lost this game. I think well, that's part of it, but also it was a 14-point loss. And I think how that last couple of minutes ended
1: um, is, is why the game got kind
0: of out of hand for them.
1: Yeah, and I, I will say this. I'll give you a perfect example of who... Christian Wood is he's Kevin Martin for the Rockets. I see
0: what you're saying with that.
1: Yeah. He he, he puts up numbers early in the game, but he's been a no show in the fourth quarter over the past two weeks. And I was going back and forth on a guy uh, on Twitter tonight who wants to, who wants to go after Jalen green You did not lose this game tonight because of what Jalen Green did on the court. He had eight shots tonight. He had 10 points. He had five rebounds. He had three assists. I wasn't saying you lost this game because of Christian Wood either, though. No, you didn't lose it because of him, but you also didn't win the game because of him. And my biggest problem with the rotation tonight was watching this game. How in the world do you take uh, Garrison Matthews off the court at the end? Because you feel like you have to play Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon had another bad game tonight. That's two bad games in a row. And you want to talk about impacting potentially trade value this close, nine days from the deadline? Yeah, not, but n- not great. I don't think I don't it, think ultimately I don't think, I don't think, think it this game, no, think this game really changes much. No, but two bad games in a row, there could be start there could be slight talk of is Gordon hurt? Is his age becoming an issue at this point? Potentially. I'm not saying I agree with that, Jeremy. I'm just saying that the last two games brings up the possibility of that conversation being viable is all I'm saying.
0: part of it too is Eric Gordon has played the Warriors so many times over the years that there's that experience there and he's played a lot of close games against the Warriors over the past couple of years and maybe that experience would have come in handy there. I do think that Silas went for the win here i don't think he was like organically trying to lose this game i agree but um i i do think that's part of it i do think he wants to flash eric gordon as much as he can for potential uh for potential trade offers i mean i wouldn't necessarily say the same thing about any other guy because i don't necessarily think any other guy is like as on the block as as eric gordon is but i do think that that it did play a slight role in this game but because the thing is you look at Eric Gordon, because teams are not going to trade for Eric Gordon if they're not getting a closer, right? I don't think a team is going to be looking to trade for a first-round pick for a guy that's not in the closing lineup at the end of the games, you know? No, so no, I think... I agree. And even though the results weren't there tonight, even though his shooting performance was not as strong as it's been, you know, I mean, you know, tonight, it, it is. this game isn't reflective of what Eric Gordon's been this season. So I... I see the logic and I think, you know, in hindsight, yes, you should have played Garrison Matthews down the stretch, but, or or even Josh Christopher, Josh Christopher had a great game. I loved, I loved what I saw from Josh Christopher tonight.
1: KJ Martin.
0: How do you take KJ Martin? KJ Martin had another, you know, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot more strides from KJ Martin as well. I would like to see KJ Martin in that starting lineup. soon. I think when, when EG leaves, I think KJ Martin might, getting that starting spot I I think he's the best guy for it I think Garrison Matthews is better off the bench um and I think he's I think he is the sixth man for this team right now and I think KJ Martin giving putting him in that starting lineup gives the team a little bit more size a little bit more bounce on the rebounds and I think they need that I think they need that from him especially against a team like the Warriors that doesn't have too much paint presence Right. I think that was, you know, key. Um, but there's, obviously there's be, reasons as to why AJ's not starting. Like, yeah. you know, D's mentioning in the in the comments that he's not a good shooter, and and that's, you know, that's correct. Um, but I think defense-wise, like the thing is also Silas values defense, right? So I think I think for defensive purposes, he might be your best guy. Um, also,
1: I wouldn't be mad with Josh Christopher in that starting lineup either. Well, here's my here's my question, right? At this point, Jay Sean Tate defensively, I feel like on the interior, can give you as much as Wood. I mean, yeah, I would sure. I would like to see something like a Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, KJ Martin Jr., Jay Sean Tate, uh who am I missing? Um and Christian Wood. But, uh for now, yeah. Once they trade, because I think Wood's gone by the deadline. I, said, I should say I should say post trade deadline, if you put Tate at the five, you start KJ Martin, you can start Josh Christopher, you start uh Jalen Kevin Porter Wood. Jr.
0: Assuming yeah. they trade Wood. Well, I'm I mean if they, I'm in for that. I think if they trade Wood, Shangun is gonna get that starting spot. I just but Dude, he's I, so I not
1: ready. He's but so also, not ready.
0: But at the but at the same time, like, does it
1: really matter? No. Does I don't it really think matter it at that point? No, but I want to see more of like how much fun were you having tonight watching the Young Guns run? Like oh, it, was, uh, it was, it was, it was nice right to there. see. And I don't, don't right I don't think that Shangoon
0: I don't think that had as bad of a game as the as the stat line indicates. I think that he, I think Shang-Goon got like stuck in a lot of different spots, but I think overall. I didn't hate what he put out there. It's obviously not the best game he's had. Only had two points. He was really the only Rocket that played tonight that didn't sniff double digits. You had seven Rockets in double figures. KJ Martin with nine, and then Shengoon only had his two free yep. throws. Um, but I-, I think defensively, I-, I think he was solid. Like I wasn't wasn't great, um, but he was given some tough matchups there. So but, like, I think. I think- Look, Shingun's obviously the future, and like we saw that clip of him working with Hakeem over the weekend, and um, so like that, we're looking like they obviously value him if they're if they're doing that and then they're pushing that. Um, They they clearly value him. Maybe even if even if the games don't necessarily show it, they they definitely value him, and I think that um, we are. I think a game like this is, is good because you get the loss, although it's not necessarily your desired result. You have a lot of good takeaways from this game with everybody, I think. Um, also, some things to work on. You get Every guy gets homework after tonight. And um, like Jalen Green, there were some good moments from him. Got to the free throw line a couple times, uh, but also some things you got to work on. Evan Porter, I thought, had a great start to the game. He had eight assists in that first half. Uh, ended up with 17 and 11. Pretty solid game from him, I thought. Uh, Christian Wood, again, great first half. Not as good in the second half, but still pretty good game from Christian Wood. Uh, and Jay Sean Tate thought got he got screwed on a lot of calls, but still very good game from Jay Sean Tate. So I think there's positives taken from everybody, negatives taken from everybody. The loss pushes you closer to that, you know, lottery. Overall, I think this is a good night for the Rockets.
1: I think it's a very good night for the Rockets or certain guys. I think my thing that I personally take away most from this game is the need to escalate the trade for Eric Gordon and Christian Wood.
0: Well, Mike, we are now about nine to ten days away from that trade deadline. And I think this is a good time to plug that, like last year, we are going to be doing a live trade deadline show here on Spotify Green Room talking about the trades leading up to the trade deadline and directly after. So it's the trade deadline is at 2 PM central on Thursday, February 10th. And we're going to be starting that show. I believe at 1 PM central, and we're going to go until about uh, 2 3 PM central time. And we are not going to have a show that night because it is TDS night. Head to the dream for more details. And, um, You're going to be at the game, Mike. I'll be here in Orlando writing that recap. So uh, no post-game show for that game, but we will be doing our trade deadline show that afternoon. So be sure to tune in. If you have time during the day to come talk with us, uh, Mike and I will be in and out throughout that day, but there will always be one of us up here, and we'd love to hear y'all's takes and uh, talk about the draft with us – or excuse me, the trade deadline with us. But um, that being said, we ready to talk trades. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Absolutely. So if anyone that is here live with us here on Spotify Greenroom, we've got a decent audience here tonight on a Monday night. Feel free to hit that speaker request button. Let's talk some trades because we are inching very close to that trade deadline now. And we talked a little bit about it last week. I want to say it was against, uh, it was Tuesday against uh, Spurs, right? Yeah, it
1: was yeah, against so, the
0: Spurs. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, we, we floated this idea about Eric Gordon and Phoenix being uh, a spot, but because of Joe Ingles injury, that's, you know, a torn ACL for Joe Ingles is out for the year. Utah could be an interesting little spot for Eric Gordon. What do you think about a possible Eric Gordon, Utah deal? Like,
1: Oh God, it would make me vomit with how much I hate the Utah jazz. Um, I like I like the fit a lot. I think it all comes down to what are you what are you talking about getting back? I, mean, I fit wise, obviously, you know, him there makes a whole lot of sense with Ingles going down because you could argue you not you could argue that's a huge upgrade in my eyes to go from Ingles to Gordon. I don't think much of Ingles. I mean, obviously, prayers to him for the injury that he's going through, but basketball fit wise, talking about. Guys, I would want to put next to a Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Eric Gordon is my God. I mean, that would be a perfect fit in Utah.
0: So the thing going. with Utah is they do not own their first round pick this year. So they're, they're a potential first round pick would have to come in 2023. So let's just say a lottery protected 2023 pick, Joe Ingles, and let's throw in Eric Paschal just to, uh, uh, An interesting little piece that isn't really in the rotation there, but there's some upside with him. He fits kind of the Rockets mold as like a 6'6 guy who can play multiple positions. A a better defender. Like, Mike, obviously not like... I think that this trade makes sense for the Rockets if they want that first-round pick. It's obviously like compared to that Suns deal that we talked about last week where it was Jalen Smith... Dario Sharic, and a first round pick. It's honestly it's about the same. But I do think that Jalen Smith offers a little bit more upside than an Eric Pascal would. But I do think that there is some there's some merit to taking a trade like this.
1: So you're saying the deal would be Gordon for Ingles, Pascal, and in a, in a and a first round pick. First round
0: pick in twenty twenty
1: three. I don't hate it. I mean <sighs> How, how many years does Ingles have left on his deal? he Ingles
0: is a is a free agent after the year, so the Rockets would yeah. uh, just hold on to him until the off season and then send him away. Um, and Eric Paschal is a free agent after the year as well.
1: Uh, yeah, man, you you and I you you know how I feel about. However, a, a Eric trade is he is a
0: restricted free agent. I should add.
1: Yeah, I mean Paschal this year is averaging five and a half points. He's playing 13 minutes a game. He's averaging five and a half points. I mean, he's a terrible rebounder. He only averages two rebounds a game. Um, but he's got some decent size. I mean, I like I would be okay with that move, but it doesn't it doesn't get me excited. Like if you told me that's what the Rockets get, grade the trade. You give your grade first, what would you give the Rockets for that deal? I think it's a B. Yeah, see, I would give it I think a it's C. a B because
0: it's like you get the pick, which is obviously like what you want, but and you get Pascal, who might get some playing time. He probably would come off the bench, probably get similar like 13 minutes a game in Houston. Um, but I don't. He's a free agent at the end of the year, and he has. I think he has a qualifying offer. He could take the qualifying offer. It's like two million, which is a good value contract, I'd say for him. But I just, I don't know. It, it's something that. I would consider, but I, I do think that there could be more out there on the horizon. Like if they offer the Jazz deal and the Suns deal, you're taking the Suns deal. Not even But most. who knows? Like the thing is, we don't know if that Suns deal's out on the on the table even. Well, for sure, we don't know they- if this Jazz deal's there. We were talking obviously hypotheticals, but I do think that the Jazz make a lot of sense here for the Rockets. They should be calling up uh, Eric. It, like calling up the Rockets, seeing what Eric Gordon's price is, and I do think the Rockets should be like, yeah, I, like the Rockets should take that deal if that's if that's what's offered to them because Eric Gordon, his value is as high as it's been. Obviously, you pointed out tonight, like he hasn't had he hasn't been playing his best basketball as of late, so you are there is a little bit of concern that that might drive the price down a little bit especially for teams that might be a little bit apprehensive of trading a first round pick for Eric Gordon. And I think, cause you, you point, you point out like a, you point out the possible trade with Cleveland where the Cleveland could trade you the second round pick that originally belonged to Houston or a first round pick, which is going to end in somewhere in the twenties. A couple of games like this could be the difference between that. And that's just a couple picks. But at the same time, like, there, there's, a whole, there's a lot more value, I think, than a first-round pick. It, it is guaranteed money. That is number one. But also, it's restricted free agency once they get to the end of their contract. Whereas a second-round pick is an unrestricted free agent. A team like Dallas right now, they have Jalen Brunson, right? Jalen Brunson was a second-round pick, uh, early second-round pick. I want to say he went, like, 31 or 32 overall in his draft class. And he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the summer. And he's going to make probably somewhere like $20 million a year. And having that, Ooh. like Mike, like that's, you know, I've been reading about Jalen Brunson and all that. Like, even though you may not think that he's averaging 16 points a game this season, he's having his best year of his career, did want him really bad. But that's a, that's a sidebar. And that's a conversation for a Knicks podcast or a Mavs podcast. We are a Houston Rockets podcast. Um, I'm not saying the Rockets should go out for Jalen Brunson In fact, he just doesn't fit the current model of the team right now So, uh, not really talking about that But, like, back to my original point That's the difference between a first-round pick and a high second-round pick Obviously, you know, you're looking at, like, it's just a couple picks of a difference But it's more than just that It's not necessarily about the selection of the player that you could get It's more about the the contract and, and things along those lines
1: Well, a couple things. First of all, if I'm the Rockets and Jalen Brunson was leaving Dallas, I'd give him a really hard look. Um, But here's the one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Which we can talk about that on a different show. But
0: like to me, that's 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 a little. He doesn't like. He does not. I don't think he fits this team like current. I I don't know if he'll fit like with Kevin Porter and and Jalen. I think they really need to focus on building those two together. Uh, sure. Rather than um, rather than bring someone else into the mix, um, but like that's that's like the thing with Eric Gordon is you're you're trading him, you're getting something back, you add a piece to the rotation for this year, you get something like like that's the kind of trade that they're looking to make at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, here's what I'm I'm fascinated by Jeremy because to kind of correlate it to what the NFL is going through right now with coaches, you don't want to be the last one at the dinner table. Right. With these traits, you don't want to be up on February 8th, February 9th, where Utah's already gone out and found a guard to acquire. If they call the Lakers and, you know, they make a deal with them for, you know, Kendrick Nunn, just as an example. I think Gordon is better than Nunn. But what you don't want to be if you're the Rockets is caught in no man's land where teams that need big man help all of a sudden, you know, a Boston is out on a Daniel Tice because they've already gone out and gotten their guy. They already went out and got a Nerlens Noel, or they already went out and got help on another front. That's why if I'm the Rockets, I'm escalating these trade conversations for Gordon, for Augustine, for Wood, for Tice. Those are the four guys that I would like to see moved by the deadline for best possible package I don't want to keep any one of those four guys I want all four of those guys gone by the deadline so if I'm the Rockets and that's what you can get you've got to put your you got to call these teams if you're stone, you have to get their best possible packages as soon as possible and say look I'm moving Christian Wood what are you what are you going to give us for him I think a, I think a dark horse to watch for Christian Wood is Golden State Golden no, State. I, is, I don't think I don't think Golden
0: State makes the move just simply because that's why I
1: said dark. Horse, that's why I said dark horse. But they've seen him twice in less than a week. And you can't tell me and that he played really well. Oh, my God. I mean, he's been fantastic numbers wise, but they would be a team that you could utilize him correctly with. You know, he doesn't necessarily have to be your guy that you play down the stretch. You play him in the, you know, I, does, he, um, does he start? I, does he, I, start, does I, he not I, start? I don't know,
0: Here, but he gives the them Golden options State. is all I'm saying. No, I, I think with Golden State, because like, I think Golden State is, they're, they're the second best team in the league. And I just don't see a reason for them to like break with what they're doing. You know, they're, they now that Clay is there, like Clay Thompson was their trade deadline acquisition, if you really think about it. And, you know, he, they've won six in a row now. The, the streak started when they beat the Rockets. Uh, now it's continued with the Rockets win. Now it's six in a row. Um, I just, I can't see the Warriors making a move. That's, that's the weird thing about this deadline, right? Is that you have a good, it's almost like an equal split of teams because you look at the West and right now I'm looking at the Western Conference standings. Phoenix, I could see them making a move like the Eric Gordon trade, Um, simply because it really doesn't cost them a whole lot. Um, But they really don't need to mess up with what they've got going. Same with Golden State, a team that, you know, has made many deep playoff runs with a good chunk of the people that they currently have. I don't see a reason to break up the chemistry there. Um, And the Grizzlies as well. The Grizzlies might make a small move, but it's going to cost them a lot. And I don't necessarily know if ruining the chemistry there makes sense. Teams like Utah – Denver, Dallas, the teams that are in the middle of the pack that are looking to, you know, get that one piece to give them a shot at the Warriors or the Suns in the playoffs like that. Those are the teams in the West that I could see doing something, but like Minnesota Minnesota maybe falls in that in that uh, in that group as well, but like the Clippers don't really have many options to trade the Lakers. They don't have any options to trade Portland San Antonio, New Orleans, Sacramento, and OKC are all sellers at this point, And as are the Rockets. But when you get to the East, the East is really interesting though, because the East, basically every team from one to 12 is a buyer, right? And they're not going to trade within each other. It'd be very, I don't think it'd be very good business to be trading with a team that is in direct competition of your spot in the standings, but the Pacers are sellers. The Pistons are sellers if they're trying to trade like uh, Jeremy Grant or Kelly Olynyk, maybe. Um, um, and then the magic are also sellers, but um, like the sell- sellers will not trade with sellers. Like, I think we're looking at a lot of, a lot of Western conference teams for Eric Gordon. Um, but the Eastern conference is probably a likelier destination for Eric Gordon simply because there is just, there's just more opportunities in the East. Like that's why Cleveland comes up as a good example. The Bucs, I could see be interested in a deal like that with Eric Gordon. Um, You know, I could see how I could also see Boston. Like, Boston's always a team that seems like they want to do stuff. But, like, Boston's also in a weird spot. Like, there's just – every team's in a weird spot in the East right now because they're, like – they're right there. They are, like, so close to being the number one team in the East. Like, one through nine is five and a half games. That's it. So, like, taking one trade is a huge risk because it could totally screw up what you have going or it could be the
1: exact piece you need to move up to the top. Yeah, you know, the East, you bring up a good point with the East. Like, Cleveland's a team that, for me, is DJ Augustine territory. Like, what do you want to give us for DJ Augustine?
0: But the thing is, like, with DJ Augustine, and here's why, like, DJ Augustine didn't even play tonight. Like, why would you want... A DJ Augustine because he's a perfect fit there for to, to fill
1: where? the Ricky, to, in Cleveland the Ricky Rubio role. Rajon Rondo filled that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Rajan yeah.
1: Rondo filled that. Yeah, you they have Rondo. I, uh, yeah, I, I think they could use a DJ Augustine though. I mean, I, I like Rondo. Rondo's got certain limitations. To me, though.
0: DJ Augustine is is a guy that is if it probably a... more likely to go on the buyout market if he chooses to do so. I think D.J. Augustine is going to stay with the Rockets past the deadline. I do. Um, I think if I had to rank the Rockets in terms of most likely to get traded, I would go Eric Gordon, number one, Daniel Tice, number two, and then I'd go Christian Wood, number three, with uh, joint fourth, uh, D.J. Augustine, and David Nwaba.
1: God, because, I, like David Nawaba. I forgot David Nawaba was even on the
0: team. Well, like David Nawaba has a really good contract. He's gonna he signed in Houston next season with a decent deal. I think he could play a very similar role on this team last year. And I do think that it is important to get these to get these young guys at least some form of consistency with the players. Um, you know, as someone that they can like lean to that isn't just gonna leave in less than a year. So I think having a guy like DJ August or excuse me, David Nawaba makes sense dj augustine his to my understanding his contract is not guaranteed next season so i could you know i could see a reason why you trade dj augustine because he is that um expiring deal but i just don't see any team in the east be like yeah dj augustine's the one piece we need to contend i just don't see it personally i don't see a team like chomping at the bit to go and get DJ Augustine. I could see no, maybe no. A, in a buyout market because the thing is DJ Augustine is gonna have to come with a price, and it's probably gonna be like a, a young player.
1: No, no, I don't see that. That's right. what I would
0: trade for DJ Augustine, honestly. I don't see like what a second round would pick you... for DJ Augustine. I don't think it's worth it.
1: Uh ooh, that's interesting coming from you, because that's what I was gonna say. Like if I don't I think it's get... worth
0: it. I think DJ Augustine is a veteran. As a veteran presence for a team as someone that can be a mentor for uh the young players on the team, I think that is more valuable, honestly, than a second round pick when you're looking at having multiple first round picks again for another year in a row, and you like a second round pick this year is not gonna do too much. This isn't a very deep draft class. Last year's draft class was far deeper, and to be honest, like you're gonna have six first round picks on your roster from the last two seasons on your on your team next season. So yeah, adding another well, pick in there is just going to create more of a like. Honestly, their trade deadline acquisition for the Rockets, I could see you getting a into a place where you look at a you know you you get like an Eric Pascal from the Jazz and and you try to insert him there. Um, but honestly, well, I think I think the one addition that the team is really going to make after the trade deadline is I think Dacian Nix is going to get legit minutes from the G League, and I think that he should get some backup, some backup point guard minutes. Probably, honestly, what will happen, put Josh Christopher in that starting line and put Dacian Nix in that second unit.
1: Yeah. I mean, one deal that I could see, and we I've loved this guy for a year and a half now, DJ Augustine, potentially David Nwaba going to Orlando for Bamba. You know, if you throw them – you but throw like, what them,
0: does what does Orlando get out of that?
1: They get out from under having to pay and let instead of just losing him in free agency because he he's so a free you get agent DJ at the, end Augustine, of the
0: year. You're gonna well, lose a free agency anyway?
1: Well, you Or you well, buy under, him out? Well, he's under contract. You do that deal to pick up a veteran presence in David Nwaba if they lose Terrence Ross. And then if we throw him a I would throw him a draft pick in that deal to get Bomba. Are you kidding me? I'd do that deal in two seconds. I just to me, like
0: we, I've mentioned it before, like with with Wood and Shangun. If you bring in another center, one of them has to go because you cannot like like Shangun only got 12 minutes tonight. Probably like that you should want him to play more. And I think and look, Wood got 34 minutes. So yeah, 46 minutes tonight from those two. There's no minutes for Bamba. And if and if you got to get Mo Bamba the minutes, then You're you're either giving those minutes away to away from Wood or away from Shengun. and there's just simply no there's no room for that like unless Christian Wood was going out in a separate deal that's the only way I would entertain Mobamba coming here.
1: No, yeah, I'm doing that assuming Wood is gone. Let me I should have preface that I'm doing that deal in assumption that you need another big on this roster because and I'll be honest, Mike, after tonight.
0: After tonight's game, I would not trade Christian Wood.
1: Oh, I would. I would.
0: I, I mean, look, there, there is benefits to, to trading Wood at this point. Obviously, you know, but at the same time, like, this Rockets team is, is nowhere. Like, this Rockets team just isn't good without him. Like, I, I just They're I, not I good have a very hard time. They're not good with true, true, Um, But I don't know. It's – I'm not – I'm not ready to to just close the book on like like I said I said this a couple couple weeks ago when the whole Wood Kevin Porter thing went down or maybe a little bit after that if Christian Wood gets traded by the deadline it wouldn't be because of a basketball
1: reason it'd be because of fit reason yeah because well what's his name Silas already alluded to it. Well yeah, comment. Silas did
0: allude to that when he said that you know he he wasn't comfortable playing Wood and Shengun together. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's and like that he's looking to move on from Wood, right?
1: No, it doesn't necessarily long mean long term,
0: that. maybe, but I mean just this season, like it, to me, it's to me it's difficult because you look at Christian Wood and he he gives you he gives you a lot. I just, it it would be like, I would need, you you trade Christian Wood if you get the right pack, like package. If you don't, you keep them because you you can afford to keep them. You can afford to keep them until the off season. And then if, you know, you re because the thing is, I feel like, honestly, Mike, here's, I I hope I'm totally wrong because I love chaos at the deadline, but I'm expecting a very quiet deadline next week. I really don't think we're going to see like last year where it was just like trade after trade after trade after trade. I think it was what, like 15 or something trades last year? I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see less than 10, less than 10 trades at the deadline this year. Um, and the Rockets will get one. I think the Rockets will trade Eric Gordon, maybe if they're lucky, a second trade for Daniel Tice.
1: Well, um, let, me real, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick, though. You say that Christian Wood gives you a lot. What does he really give you? Because when you look at it, I and when I say what what is he He's really your best doing, rebounder, up this, but you're one of the three. I think they're 27th out of 30 teams in rebounding. So he doesn't help so if you, you. So if you trade be you you re- your best rebounder on a team where you're absolutely terrible at rebounding, then but here's the thing though, right? right screwed. Screwed. Well, hold on, real quick. Okay, so he fills up the stat sheet with rebounds and with points. But it's more than just you're that. All re- like, but it really, but what it else is that. it? He's Kevin. Well, like I, the more I think about it, the more he is Kevin Martin, where it's like, yeah, Kevin Martin was a nice player. He was never going to be a superstar player, which I don't think Christian Wood will ever be a superstar. I think he's a very good player. But the thing is, if you can, first of all, you might be in a worse spot to trade him in the offseason. Like you alluded to what happens when the rock or is, you to be in a better spot. Well, okay. So when he, are you talking about trading him before the draft or after the draft? Because if you trade him, after I would the draft trade him say- I would trade him
0: it, it, it depends on what packages I get um it might he might be a draft I trade, honestly, like the thing with him is I would need it's just difficult because I just don't see that many teams right now, given the current state of the nBA right now. I just don't think there's a whole lot of teams that are willing to buy, especially on a guy like Christian Wood who is a huge question mark because the like, honestly, my like, Christian Wood might be the most confusing player in the NBA because he is, he is like, he's good. He's really good. And you know, he like the talent's definitely there. We can't, we can't deny that. But like you said, you know, what is he, is he just a stat patter on a bad team or is he like a third option on a pretty good team? Or, like, because the thing is, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's it's a confusing thing, man. And I just, look, if they, honestly, like, if they traded him, I wouldn't be disappointed because I I do think that this story is going to end at some point with him leaving and the Rockets not succeeding. I I don't, I don't see the Rockets succeeding with Christian Wood. So I, I don't, I wouldn't be opposed to trading him, but I just think for the short term, for this next couple. Cause remember last year, how post deadline, the team, like w- that was a crucial part to a lot of players development on that team. And you know, it worked um, wow. not necessarily Christian wood who was injured for some of that, but we saw a lot of good play from Christian wood um, with Kelly Olenek. And
1: yeah, I mean, b- but I think, yeah, I, I think, think he- the problem, I think the problem is with what you're talking about. If they trade him on draft night after the rockets, let's say they end up with Chet Holmgren, right. Just as an example, your leverage goes out the window with Wood. Right. Because teams That's are gonna point. look teams are gonna look at this and they're gonna be like, Well, you have Shangun, you now have Holmgren. I would have you given have you trade him this. Though. Exactly. And then don't don't write this off that they may be looking to move him now so they don't have to pay his next contract. Because Tillman may look at this and say, I mean, this team is terrible. Why would I invest in the roster? If they trade Gordon for young pieces. Not young pieces. A young piece and draft picks. If you're gonna tear it down, tear it down. Like paying Wood a, a max type of deal at this point. I don't is,
0: think I don't think Wood is getting paid as that contract by the Rockets. I just I don't either. I don't so, I don't see
1: it. Yeah. So you call teams now and you say, look, I'll, I'll tell you who I would trade Christian Wood to in five seconds. Is Boston. I think Boston has the pieces that I would want in order to facilitate a move. And I'm not talking about Jalen Brown again.
0: If, look, I'll say this: Christian Wood might be the most confusing player in the NBA, which is why he's exactly the right fit for Boston, because Boston right. is the most confusing team in the NBA.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Maybe two negatives will make a positive here. If you get Robert, if you could, if you could get Robert, I don't think Wynn, Robert Williams is on the table. I'm just saying that's the type of deal though that if you're Stone, like go do these things now, because and and I know we're gonna run short on time here, but I think it's important to note that the front office can't do anything more to piss off the fan base than they've already done. I mean, look at the look at the stadium. No, I want to say I mean I, dude, this 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 fan base is so detracted from caring about what's going on on the court right now as a whole that make the moves, do the deals and escalate this process of being one of the laughingstocks of the league over with as soon as possible. That's all. That's all I'm saying, and why I want the the. I'll counter you with this. I'll
0: counter yep. you with
1: this. Mm-hmm.
0: There are certain teams that want to put together a team that's competitive, just so they can fill up the stands. And I don't think the Rockets are that kind of organization. I think the Rockets are an organization that wants a championship. And I and I think the reason behind that, Mike, truly is because Tillman Fertitta, although he is a businessman, he is a fan of the Rockets, and he has been for a while. And I think he really genuinely does want a championship. If he really wanted to fill the seats in and, and be competitive or a little bit, just a playoff team, I really genuinely believe Ben, ben Simmons would have been a Rocket by now. And there would be, you know, we're building around Ben Simmons and we're going to try our best to do that. But that team would have gotten seven seed, eight seed, maybe um, they would not have won a championship. And I'm glad they didn't go that route. And I'm much I'm, I'm look, if you if you really don't care about this team at this point. You're not really a fan. Like I'm sorry. Like if you that's not no. the definition of like a true fan, but I, I'll say this. When it comes to the Rockets, I do think that they have a championship in mind, but it is – they are see, they are going down a road of the unknown, and sometimes you have to do that in order to get – you have to – sometimes you have to swing big to hit a home run, and I'd much rather swing big to get a home run than settle for a single or a double.
1: No, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you bring up Simmons. I think, so, you make a, I think you make a really good point. But I also think that you're going to tell me if Philadelphia called and said, give us Gordon, a first rounder, and Nawaba for Simmons, you wouldn't do that deal?
0: Well, Daryl Morey is not taking that deal. Mm-hmm. Daryl Morey's not. He's he's made it clear that he's holding on to Ben Simmons to wait for James Harden or for sure. you know, Jalen Brown or something like that. So like the thing is, you I bring use up that, that as trade. an example. I bring it as an you, example. The thing is, you do this, like Mike, we do this a lot where like you bring up trades where it's like, Oh, well if they offered this and this, the reason why these, because tra- I would say absolutely to a lot of the trades that you're saying, but the reason, like I'm trying to say that, like, I think you like the way I'm coming from, is I'm trying to see what other teams want versus like when I think of the Rockets trades, I'm thinking more along the lines of what do other teams want and what would they be willing to give up for that? And like, that's when I think of trades, that's what I'm thinking of is how is this going to benefit the other team? Because I know how it will benefit the Rockets because I watch the Rockets every night. And I know this team like the back of my hand, but I'm trying to think of what does it look like to the other team? So I'm thinking like Robert Williams, of course. Yeah, I would I would love that. I think Robert Williams would fit this team, and I think he'd fit next to Shangoon or whoever would come in next year. I think he'd be a great fit. I don't see why Boston has given up Robert Williams, especially if they just paid him. I think a more likely deal, if you're looking at Christian Wood to Boston, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, maybe. I mean, like, those kind of guys. Al well, Horford you, you and look at it Dennis from- Schroeder. Or something like that, and then and then you buy out Dennis Schroeder, and you buy out Al Horford or something like that. So wait, wait, you know, and you're left. I think right. we're I think we're in a good discussion. And I'll I'll let you make this last point, but I, I don't want to go too much further because I want to save this stuff for the next couple of episodes as we build up to the deadline. So make yeah. make this last point, and then we'll, we'll we'll sign
1: out. Sure, I I look at it from a perspective of both teams as well. You know, you look at if. Something goes south with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Eric Gordon is a guy that Daryl is very familiar with. If you incentivize that package by adding, you know, a pick or two, that's the type of deal that if I'm Daryl and he gets desperate, he gets a push from ownership saying, hey, do this deep. You know, this is the best we're going to get. I'm done with Simmons. Move on. That's from where I look at it and I say, okay, I do that deal in in, in a heartbeat. Same thing with, with Boston. That's where I want. That's where the conversation starts for me as Robert Williams. If they say hell no, okay, no problem. We move on to a different deal. Um, and that's the thing. I, I, and that's why I don't think Christian Wood gets traded by the deadline. It, it's, a t- it's a tough situation. For, I want, as a fan, like I'm tired of watching him not impact games when you need him most. And that's why I move on from him now instead of just dragging this thing along. So I know we have many more shows between now and the deadline. We'll get more into that. Final thoughts, good performance tonight from the Rockets. Love what I saw from some of the guys, not some of the guys, most of the guys I thought played well. And Steph Curry is the greatest shooter to ever play the game of basketball.
0: I think that was well said, and I think this is a good place to park the Rockets shit. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Take. Thank you to our live audience here on Spotify Green Room we'll be back on Wednesday night following the Rockets game against the Cavs. Uh, I believe Mike will be there. I might show up. Um I've got a busy day on Wednesday. I got to see what my schedule looks like. We might have a guest come on in the next couple of days, so stay tuned for that. Mystery guest throwing some uh suspense into the mix here, but uh, we we have a show Wednesday, Friday, Sunday tuesday and then our trade in line special on february 10th the same night as tds night at toyota center head to thedreamshake.com for more information we are uh getting tickets as a group and we are selling lower bowl tickets uh for a discounted price they're usually around 80 90 and we're selling them for like what 45 mike 49 dollars. 49 dollars. so that's a pretty good deal to me and you get to you get to uh, visit Michael Brown, Darren, you've been our managing editor. Talk some rockets. Have a beer or two, maybe. So definitely sounds like a fun night. I wish I was going, uh, but I've got business here in Orlando, so I will be. Si- I will be off that night, um, not at the TDS. I'm a little jealous, Mike. Um, well, you'll be beer, all right. Have a beer for me.
1: <laughs> I will. Quick programming I'll, note: I'll buy you one. How about that? I appreciate it. Quick programming note: Wednesday, the show will start at 10:15 here on Spotify Green Room. Perfect.
0: Thank you for that. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at Dream shake SBN can also follow my co-pilot on Twitter. Mr. Michael Brown at
1: BSW podcast
0: underscore M B. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of the dream take. And until next time, go Rockets. Listen to our Solo Acts mini-series now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.
1: Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.